Hi, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, my guest is Katie Anderson, and she is the managing editor of Skin Inc. Magazine, which is one of my favorite trade publications. I chose Katie to be on the show because I thought it'd be really interesting for her to share, A, how to get published in a magazine, B, how to become a speaker at one of our industry trade shows, and C, just to hear what she has to say about the industry as a whole at the beginning of a new year. So she shares all kinds of information surrounding all of these topics. She also gives contact information so you can start receiving the publication, Skin Inc. Magazine, and you can find out more info about the upcoming Face and Body Expo happening in March in Chicago. So stay tuned and enjoy the show today. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. Hey everybody and welcome to the beauty biz show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. And today we have my friend Katie Anderson with us, who is the managing editor of Skin Inc. Magazine. Hi, Katie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you today? Um, I am in the lovely city of Pittsburgh, nice and cold. <laughs> is it I believe colder? there's a real feel of negative 13 today. <laughs> You're kidding. I didn't even know Pennsylvania got that chilly. Yes, it does. And when it gets that cold, they have like a two-hour delay in the school system, um, which I've never seen before. But yeah, it gets pretty cold here. Where are you from, from Chicago? I am from all over the place. I grew up as a government kid, and so we moved around a lot. I've lived all all over the world. I went to um, part of my grade school in Italy, part of my high school, well, most of my high school in Austria. Um, lived in Massachusetts, Illinois. I would, I always say I'm from Chicago cause that's the place where I've lived the longest, but kind of all over the place. Where'd you live in Massachusetts? Um, the Cape, oh, uh, East cool. Sandwich yeah. specifically. Yeah. I lived in just North of Boston in Swampscott for a long time. Okay. Very nice. I actually miss it there. Yeah, Not this time a, of year. It's a different, it, the Cape in the summer is a different Cape than in the winter which I, I think a lot of people can attest to in the summer. There's like a ton of people there. It, the, the tourism industry is really booming and it's, it's crazy crowded. It's hard to get anywhere in the winter. It's, it's completely different. Ghost town. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But still, still a great place to be. Great food, nice people, um, a lot of cool sites. I lived in Boston for probably close to 10 years, and I went to the Cape once on a dinner train. Do you remember the dinner train, or were you too young? <laughs> I don't remember the dinner train. I wish I would have remembered the dinner train, but yeah. Yeah, some pilot that I was dating took me on a date on the dinner train. It was actually pretty cool, but that was the only time I ever went to the Cape. You know, I had a, I had a boyfriend from um, that area. Um, he used to call me Shafa. That was my, my maiden name. So yeah, that's what he referred to me as. And he worked at like a wood plant or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
my we goodness. call him Cape boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember my Cape boyfriend. I went, we went out to dinner in Boston and the whole time I sat there wondering if it would be horrible if I went to the bathroom and crawled out the window. <laughs> so Well, it wouldn't have been horrible if it was a bad date, I guess. It was bad, but I, I worked my way through it. So <laughs> Did he refer to you by your last name? Because that's pretty horrible. <laughs> I don't know if he did or not. God, that was forever and ever and ever ago. So he, he may have. I don't remember. But um, I want to talk about what your day looks like as managing editor of Skin Inc. magazine in a minute. But let's talk a little bit about where did you go to school? Like, what is your background that allows you to hold a position like this? So I started off um, when I went to undergrad. I started off in uh, pre-law political science. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer um, largely because I like to argue and my dad had always wanted a lawyer. Uh, so I thought I would go ahead and I would be that lawyer, but throughout, um, my, my younger years and in college, I always took part in, um, papers and writing and journalism as sort of a side thing. And I took journalism 150 in undergrad as a gen ed and, and really enjoyed it, not thinking it was going to be my career. And throughout that whole process, I'm like, I love this so much. Why don't I just do it? And ended up majoring in that. And then I went on to get my master's in journalism from Columbia in Chicago. And while I was doing that, I wrote for Chicago scene, ended up being a staff writer there um, on the beauty beat. So I wrote about spas a lot there. That was my first intro into the whole spa world. And then from there went on to write about cosmetic science for about nine years for Cosmetics and Toiletries magazine. Uh, that was my first, I would say, um, job in, in journalism was there and rose up the ranks with the, um, the Allured Group, which owns Skin Inc., Cosmetics and Toiletries and a perfumer and flavorist in GCA magazine, two of our other publications, and then ended up um, when a position at Skin Inc. opened up, they, because of our, our founding pillars being rooted heavily in, in science and business, they came to me and said, you, you know, you have a strong knowledge in cosmetic science. Why don't you bring that over to Skin Inc.? So that's kind of how I made my way here. I think something, a, a class that should be taught in the beauty biz industry is writing 101. Because in this day and age, do you agree that we need to market ourselves that way? I do. And, you know, a big, um, a big thing I see in this industry is that people really, a lot of people aren't pimping their bio enough. You know, people aren't getting really great headshots and, and writing up a, a gangbuster bio, you know, something that will really speak to people and talk to their expertise. And there's so many knowledgeable, smart people in this industry that really aren't harnessing the benefits of a good bio and, and a good headshot. I want, oh so, yeah, absolutely. You brought this up because in one of my coaching programs that I did last year, I hired a woman to come in and write bios for all the girls in there. They had to invest in it, but I, I, you know, negotiated this smoking deal for them. And she was a beautiful writer and she would come up with these amazing bios 
And the gals, these brilliant gals were scared to use them. They go, it sounds like I'm bragging. I'm like, no, you got to own what you do and be taken seriously as a career woman in this industry. Right. And you know, when, when consumers are going on to a spa website, you know, let's say they want to find a spa in Cincinnati and when they're doing a search on Cincinnati spas and they come to your website, they're going to, they want to know the people behind the spa. They want to look at your expertise. And if they don't see something that grabs them, they're going to look at the next one. You know, you really need to, to believe in your expertise and really put it out there. It positions you as an expert. And I have this, this woman client in my, in my esthetician world. She's a female client. She's brilliant. She manages billions of dollars for the, the oil and gas industry. And she was in one day getting her eyebrows waxed and she was asking me about my hiring process. I said, I got 50 resumes and I threw 48 of them away. And she said, why? And I said, because they didn't follow directions. And she goes, listen, I have one kid in Yale and one at Stanford and they probably wouldn't pass your interviewing process. And I said, would you want a person who couldn't follow a simple instruction touching your face with sharp tweezers or waxing your bikini line. And she looked at me and she goes, no, you're right. (laughs) So I just think we really do need to fine tune our writing skills and and really start to take this seriously as a career and position ourselves as experts. Absolutely. And spell check. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? That's one of my problems. I'll power right through spell check and not even until I hit send. And then I go, oh my goodness. I used the wrong thing, but let's, let's talk a little bit about the basics of writing. How did you know you loved it? Were the words just flowing out of your brain or like, how did you start to fine tune your writing skills? It has always been something that I've enjoyed. I've always enjoyed writing, uh, news stories, papers, and you know, anything I can really get my hands on and, and express myself through words. It's always been something that has just been organic for me. Um, it's, and I have writer's block like everybody else, but it's always something that's come naturally, uh, words. And, you know, when I was in school and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, it seemed like political science was always a struggle. And I think, like any career choice, you always have to see what comes naturally to you. You know, what do you feel most comfortable doing and, and go down that road and and explore it, you know, with skincare, a lot of people that I talk to are, are struggling with finding their niche in the skincare industry. You know, do they want to harness the power of essential oils and organic skincare? Do they want to be more science-based? you just have to see what, what speaks to you, what, what comes, comes naturally, I guess. With writing, it's, it's tough for a lot of people, and I get that. Um, I always tell people to, to stick to a basic structure, and that'll help you set an outline that you can come back to and then add, add, the, add the details, add the zhuzh, you know, make it sound nice. So, First question I have is, what do you do? When you get writer's block, is there a little trick that you have or a tip you could share with everybody? I set my structure and that's going to, that's going to differ depending on what you're trying to write. So let's say you're trying to write a press release on your spa. You need an intro, a body, a conclusion, and a title, right? So don't start with your title, first of all, because that'll, 
it'll always change at the end once you get going. Um, I always just type something basic in the title and then um, start with my body. I put a couple subheads in there and just see how I want to break down that piece. You know, add your elements here and there. Once you get your elements of your body together, you can go back to your intro and write a gangbuster intro, you know, something that touches every single part of your subheads. And I like three subheads for consistency, but you may have more. Um, it's just going to kind of depend on, on what you're writing about. So that's kind of a uh, Katie's basic structure. <laughs> Do you walk away from it though? Cause I know sometimes that I just have to move for 20 minutes and I'll go walk my dog, have a cup of coffee, whatever it is. Like, is there a, a, a time that you go, okay, I just have to step away from it a little bit and come back and revisit? I think that that depends on the individual. For me, I have to stick with it because uh-huh. once I get those juices flowing, if I walk away, I lose it. Um, I'm that same way if I have an idea, if it's at 10 o'clock at night, if I've got an idea, I've got to put it on paper or on my iPhone or something. I've got to record it. Um, that same principle I, I apply to my writing. If I'm, if I'm in the, the, trenches if I'm in the in the good stuff I stick with it until I get all those thoughts out and then sometimes I come back later just to do that critical eye um, where I copy edit it look for spelling you know make sure my my header is is intriguing enough has a call to action uses keywords all those good things so I have been writing pretty much I feel nonstop every day for six years and probably we've talked about this before, like how long it takes me to write my column for Skin Inc. magazine every month. <laughs> it's not something I sit down and throw out in 30 minutes. But I feel like maybe in the last two weeks I've owned it and I've appreciated it and I'm starting to enjoy it. So I believe and tell me if you agree with this, that writing is something you really have to be consistent with to get better at it. Absolutely. Do you ever go back and look at some of the first stuff you've written and you're embarrassed? Because I do that a lot. <laughs> there are a few things, yeah. I'm just and and I have them in my portfolio as a journalist, and I'll go back and look at them and be like, "What was I?" <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a few of those, and it's funny now that I am so entrenched in the spa industry. I go back and look at some of the first pieces I wrote about uh, spa treatments way back in the day, like 2005, and I'm like, "Whoa." Well, I actually think that you're really funny. And one of the times that I remember you making me laugh out loud was when you were on stage with me at the live event in August. And you said, I know you guys think it's really glamorous to be an editor of a magazine, but I'm actually sitting in my basement in Philadelphia. (laughs) So will you tell me what your day looks like as an editor? And then we're going to move forward and we're going to talk about how people make, be able to like catch your eye if they want to get featured in the magazine. But first, what does your day look like? Well, you know, my day structure varies depending on the time of the month. Um, (laughs) And no, I'm not talking about hormones here. Um, (laughs) In magazine, we have a timeline. We're typically um, editing the, the departments and the articles in the beginning of the month. Um, Mid-month, we're looking over all that material, and at the end of the month, we're typically doing final looks and sending stuff to print. 
So depending on the time of the month, um, we're looking at different stuff, um, doing main edits, doing copy edits, or doing final looks. But throughout the entire month, web, social media, newsletters are all integrated into my typical day. So um, in the morning, I'll come in, I'll, I'll look at our newsletter for that day, make sure we've got compelling content, add in something that might be new or hot off the press. Um, then I'll typically go into our, my longer form content, whether it's for web or for print, um, all the while reading email, you know, seeing what's new in terms of news or new trends. Um, I like to look at different sites and see what, what keywords are trending, um, for SEO purposes to make sure, you know, we're following the right news and, and items for our content. And then I'll typically do a couple of edits, um, post a couple of news pieces. Um, I work on our events, so I'll do a little bit of event work. Um, meetings obviously play a key role in all of that, but yeah, that's my typical day. So if somebody's getting ready to pitch an idea to you for a story or an article in the magazine, what is more important, like a, a compelling story, subject line, like what gets you to open the email? And is that I, the idea being fresh and new more important than somebody's ability to write? Because you clean up a lot of my stuff when I send it to you. I do. And it's largely a space. Uh, we don't have a ton of real estate in, in the magazine online, we have more real estate and, you know, there's a difference in editing for the magazine versus editing online. But when someone sends me a, a news piece, I always obviously read the header and the deck first. Um, and what does deck that, mean? That, so, um, like the first two sentences that are are going to explain exactly what you're after. Okay. Essentially. The story and, you want to share. Right. Um, it's like an abstract, you know? Um, what is it, what is it that, that you're after? What's the meat and potatoes of, of what you're getting to? So, you know, if, if a new spa has opened or a spa is featuring a new treatment, that should always be included in the first couple of sentences. Okay. Bang it out. Oh, so how many emails do you get a day? Like you're opening a lot of emails looking for something that's going to catch your eye. Yeah, like hundreds. Yeah. Um, and don't just don't bury what you want to say in, in the body. Make sure that you pull it up to the top. And that's why, you know, going back to my structure before, I always start with the body. Get everything out that you want to say and then go back and write an awesome intro that introduces all of the points that are below just in short form. It sounds like you reverse engineer the whole story. Absolutely. And then I write my header last. Yeah. Ah, okay. So like if your spa is introducing a great new treatment, talk about what that treatment is in your body, you know, hammer out all of your details and then condense it into two sentences in the beginning. Ooh, that's probably the hard part. It, and it is the hard part. That's why the body is always easier to start with. Very cool. So how long have you been doing this for Skin Inc.? When did you start with them? 
I started with Skin Inc. in May of last year. So So May 2015. So it'll almost be a year. Yeah, right around the corner. Has a lot changed? Like, I feel like we're in an industry that constantly changes. Have you seen a lot of just things moving fast and big trends come and go and change? We're, we're seeing a lot of, a lot of change. And I think, um, the beauty industry is seeing a lot of change, you know, um, consumer wise, trend wise, globally wise. Um, but yeah, you know, we're seeing an evolution. Um, and the consumer is, is becoming, the client is becoming increasingly, more curious about, you know, what's going on in their skin, what's going on in their body, what do these procedures entail? They're doing a lot more research. They're asking a lot more questions, and that has led the the beauty industry and spa industry to, you know, become more educated as well and to promote expertise, benefits, ingredients, and that's translating into the beauty industry in a really meaningful way. And there's a lot of really interesting trends coming out, but um, spa industry-wise, we're seeing spas introduce new new trends in really cool ways, um, new treatments and really that harness really great technology. Can you give me an example of one? I know we kind of talked about some of these the other day when we were chatting, but is there any that you can share with our listener? Well, you know, we, Skinning published our 2016 trends. I've seen spa finders and there, there's a lot of similar trends in both. Um, you know, one is the Korean, the Korean skincare trend, um, and that trend, I think, is particularly interesting because it's all about the routine. They're invested in their routine. And in the Western world, we're more multitaskers. We, we like to use products like BB creams and, and other things where it combines multiple products into one because we're rushed. But the, the Korean skincare t- trend is, like, all about a routine. It's all about a bunch of products that really benefit your, your skin's overall wellness and health. But they've got a lot of really cool products and textures coming out of there. You know, their sheet masks are huge and are, um, are being integrated more into the spa industry in the U.S. and um, globally. The Cushion Compact is, is a makeup thing over there, but that's being seen more here. Snail slime. Yeah, snail. <laughs> I heard that a long time ago, and I didn't know it was yeah. still trending. But can we circle back for a second? What's a cushion compact? A cushion compact is like um, it's a makeup compact where the sponge, the cushion, is um, drenched with the foundation. And so you literally press down, and you get how much you need, and then you put that on your face. I imagine that gives a nice airbrush look. It does, yeah. Are you going to go cool. to Korea and um, check anything out for the magazine? Because you've been traveling. You know, it's funny. My sister is in the Army, and she recently went to Korea and came back. I gave her, like, a laundry list of all these things <laughs> I wanted her to get me that I wanted to try. Um, and she came back, and I was – I've always been on the the quest for the perfect BB cream, and she brought me back a couple. But um, 
She also brought me back some sleep packs, which I think are really intriguing. And I'm definitely seeing a lot more of those on the market. What is it? Um, a sleep pack? A sleep pack. They're like sleeping masks and you put them on at night. Oh, I thought you said you wake up beautiful and restored. Ooh, <laughs> I like the idea of that. Talk yeah, about people. They're nice. I, I, I've gotten to the point where I probably scare Jay, my significant other. You met him when I go to bed now. I have silicone on my decollete. Now I'm going to add one more thing to that regimen, a mask when I go to bed. <laughs> He's going to be terrified. Well, sleeping masks are awesome because, you know, we do so many things during the day, but at night is when, I'm, I mean, you know, this is an esthetician, is when our skin regenerates the most is when we're sleeping. So why wouldn't we put something on our face when we go to sleep? And then you don't even have to think about it. You're sleeping. It's doing its job while you're sleeping. Like, Are they gooey? That's, or that's do the they best ab- of both worlds for me. Do they absorb in? Like, what's the texture of them? They're usually, um, they kind of range, but they're usually um, like a thicker cream. Huh. All right. I'm going to have to Google that when we hang up. Or maybe you can send me a link so I can check some of this stuff out. I always like talking to you. Yeah. You're full of info. So, I, I love to stay on top of trends. It's it's part of my job, but I like to do it um, as a consumer, as a client. I just like to do it. I was so, reading something the other day about this moon juice beauty powder. Have you heard of those? Moon juice? Yeah. It's some beauty juice with a bunch of different herbs and minerals in it. You'll have to check that out. Well, we're seeing a lot more nutraceuticals. I think the the beauty industry and the spa industries incorporation of wellness is starting to translate to more and more nutraceuticals, um, beauty drinks, um, beauty supplements. And the, the beauty drinks I think are particularly really interesting. I saw something recently on, um, ingestible collagen and if it actually works. Uh, I remember getting a pack of collagen marshmallows like seven years ago. Um, from Asia and essentially you eat these marshmallows, (laughs) you eat these marshmallows and they contain collagen, but who's to say that any of that collagen actually goes to your face. You might have like really sexy kneecaps. So (laughs) I'll take them. (laughs) Anything. So, but you know, we're seeing more and more smartly formulated beauty drinks and including collagen, including, you know, a bunch of different ingredients that actually have proven efficacy for, or benefiting your skin. And I, I think that area is, is really fascinating. Have you tried the Bulletproof Coffee Guys collagen? I haven't. Bulletproof Coffee Guys. You got to Google this. I put it a, a scoop of the collagen in my coffee in the morning, and I swear whatever he has packed in there, my skin will look so amazing when I take the time to do it for the several days after. And it is, you know, a, a powder form of collagen. Yeah. Almost like a protein powder. So there's another one for you to check out and let me know. Yeah, if I've been you really like into the beauty teas. I saw some of those posted on Instagram yesterday. I haven't tried it. Is there one you recommend? I have to remain product neutral. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I drink a lot of tea in the winter anyway. So getting that extra beauty boost or health boost, like a win-win. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit because I think you wear two really big different hats. You're probably in your home in Philadelphia, writing away. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's okay. I wish I was closer to New York, but I'm not. I'm on the other side. Well, you're in your house in Pittsburgh. You write. It's probably your, a lot of alone time in your office being creative. And now you're getting ready to step into some craziness with Face and Body, the expo in Chicago. I don't know if people realize all the work that's put into this, these types of, you know, trade shows. Right. So so my my job with um, the pub also has an arm where I run the advanced program for our Face and Body events. And um, that role has me organizing the, the content for those um, programs. So what, what I have to do is I have to, you know, look at the people that have spoken in the past, the people that want to speak, um, you know, look at different topics and identify trends and see, you know, really who we should along with um, the, the Face and Body events team, you know, who we should incorporate into that event so we can offer attendees a really nice program, something that's going to benefit them education-wise. Do you get a lot of applications um, we, for speakers? We do. Um, and there's a lot of, of great content out there, a lot of really great ideas. And it's hard to narrow that down and to, you know, only select a, a certain few people for each event, you know, but we try to offer unique ideas for each event that that's really going to bring um, a developed integrative um, education to the attendee. We really want to bring them unique ideas and things that are going to really benefit their business and their bottom line. So, having to, to, to go through all of the speakers and really identify what would bring them the most value. That's, that's difficult. How do you do it? myself in, in the esthetician and the spa owner's shoes and saying, okay, you know, do they need more, um, menu development education? Do they need more marketing education? Do they need more in terms of advanced modalities? Um, that's, that's a difficult part. I, what do you look at when somebody applies to be a speaker? Are you like checking out their social media? Are you, how do you find out who really is going to walk the talk or talk the walk or, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different things. You know, I read, I read their pitch. Um, it's always helpful if they send me the exact topic that they want to talk about or a unique idea. Um, a lot of people will, shoot us an email and say, I'd love to speak at one of your upcoming conferences. And it's so much more helpful if they say, I, I want to speak, here's my expertise, and here are my awesome ideas that I want to talk about. Something that, you know, harnesses an a interesting piece of science or new research or an upcoming trend definitely will get looked at before the general idea of, I just like to talk. <laughs> I've always enjoyed the the speakers you guys choose, and I'm bummed I can't go do it this March. When's it coming up? March 12th through the 14th? March 12th through the 14th. Yeah, the, the advanced program is on the 12th, and there's two days um, of exposition. Explain a little bit what the advanced program is. So the advanced program is the first day, and it is four different tracks. 
uh, wellness is one, business is one, um, science is one. And, you know, the, the tracks are organized in a certain way that we're really focused on bringing attendees the education that they need in those pillars. Um, sorry, treatments is another one. I forgot to mention that earlier. And the, the track is focused on providing unique knowledge in those different genres, but attendees can go to one class in one track and then skip over and go to another class in another track. So if they want information on a specific treatment that's being presented, let's say, you know, the evolution of laxing, they can go to that track and then they can skip over and learn about marketing in the, in the next slot. Now, it's- so we're trying to give them as much great content and information as we can, you know, in, in a certain amount of hours. And it's in Chicago, they're CEs, right? There is. Yeah. Chicago, they're CEs. Um, in California, there's not CEs, but we've just launched a new show um, in Atlanta oh. and that's going to be in the fall. And we are um, in the process of also providing CEs there. Oh, very oh. cool. So, you know, you go in, you learn yeah. a ton, you can take it back Atlanta. to your business. I know Atlanta's fun. Yeah. Um, so uh, something I'm always curious about when I see, how do you guys find your keynote speakers? Because they're really great to listen to. You know, sometimes we'll get a unique proposal for a keynote. Sometimes we'll seek people out. Um, you know, we might see somebody at um, a another industry event or a peripheral industry event or on the internet or something that, that really strikes our fancy. What I've been trying to do more of recently is doing um, panels because I think a panel provides a, a great learning opportunity for the attendee where they can interact and ask questions and really get a breadth of perspective on a specific topic. So we did one on regulation in California last year, and we're doing one on uh, formulation and ingredients in Chicago. And I think that one's going to be really awesome. I tapped a bunch of my friends who are chemists and formulators, and they're going to sit up there and they're going to talk about the basics of ingredients and formulation and how a product is made and what are the important elements of a product and what ingredients are on, on the forefront of skincare, you know, what ingredients have gotten a bad rep unnecessarily, stuff like that, you know. Is this how you're going to kick off the face and body in Chicago with the panel? It is. It is. And can anyone go to that or do you have to be part of the advanced track? That's part of the advanced track. And okay, so I know if we don't answer this, one of us is going to get or probably both a ton of emails. How do people find out about Face and Body Chicago? Is there a website they can visit to purchase their tickets and find out and learn more about the advanced track or the education on the 12th? Yeah, it's um, faceandbody.com. And when you go to faceandbody.com, you can select um, which show you want to go to. And if you just select Chicago, then you can go there and go to advanced education and learn all about it. Okay. Now I know you have a a, a unique type degree in the world of journalism that surrounds something to do with social media as well. When I was going to, um, uh, when I was obtaining my master's degree, um, at Columbia, 
I majored in magazine, and part of that was we had a lot of training in um, editing for the web, and editing for the web includes um, a lot of HTML um, and SEO knowledge. So that was an integral part in my education. So tell me a little bit, like, what can you share with the spa owner or the solo practitioner? Like, is there, should we just hire somebody to do our SEO with us? Or are there certain steps we can take to improve? And maybe let's start with saying, what is SEO? So SEO is search engine optimization. And as we know, when you want to look something up, you know, where's the first place you go? You go to a search engine and you type it in. So SEO is basically optimizing your website to pop up earlier in a search engine. And how do you do that? You have to be mindful of the content that you create to include those words so that when a search engine is crawling your site, it picks it up and it puts you higher. Does that make any sense? Totally (laughs) makes sense. And you know, one way to do this, and it kind of went away, and I feel like it's coming back, are blogs. They're hugely important to Blogs, yeah. There's there's a couple things that I always tell people to improve um, their their positioning in a search engine. You know, the first thing is content. What kind of content are you including in your website? Are you updating it regularly? That's a big part. If you have stagnant content, that's not going to help you a whole lot. Um, embedded links, if you link your content, um, and don't link it to click here, link it to something meaningful that improves it. Um, keywords improve it. Um, it, your headers, your subheads, uh, search engines pick up on your headers and your subheads and alt tags. So when you're putting a, so when you're putting a picture on your website, um, in your, um, when you're posting it, it, you have the ability to put an alt tag with that photo, basically describing what it is Okay. and search engines pick these up and that's in your content, your content management system, your CMS. And most people have a CMS. Some people don't like clickability or something like that. A CMS gives you the ability to update, change, alter, refresh, post new content, and, and CMSs are really great. What does um, CMS the ability. stand for for those people that are listening in and maybe techie that want to do this themselves? Content management system. Perfect. So they can Google that. And so, yeah, when you, when you hire a, a web designer, and we just had a really great article um, published in Skinning about the elements of website design or redesign and one of those is content management and when you are designing or redesigning your website it's it's important if you want to keep it fresh and post new things all the time which I think everybody should to have a CMS system where they can go in there and add a new article or a new how-to video. I want to ask you a quick question because I found this girl, she's done amazing SEO on my spa website for me and taught me how to do my own blog. She sent me a video so I can go back and revisit anytime. When you say link, is it, does it work? Does it help your SEO? If in my blog, I link back to certain pages on my own website? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause I'm like, that seems too easy. <laughs> but if that's all you have to do to link, that's awesome. Right. But you have to think about the words that you're linking. So, um, if, if you want to, like I mentioned before, don't link, click here for more information. Always link important keywords like, um, skincare or, um, a uh, microdermabrasion for glowing skin. You know what I mean? Link keywords that are important to your SEO placement. So microdermabrasion, I would link back to maybe the service page where I offered microdermabrasion on right. my website. Yeah. Easy enough. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Um, and th- there are a lot of websites that can help you learn more about keywords. Um, and identify the keywords that might work for you. You know, you can look up Google Trends and see what's trending. Um, Word Tracker, I think you have to pay for, um, but there's there's a bunch of them online that you can, you know, see what people are searching for. I teach this in some of my classes, and and I'll tell you that I found the best thing to do for an esthetician or even a spa owner is to ask your guests, how did you find me? And I've found amazing keywords that I never thought of as a practitioner just from Mm -hmm. asking my clients, doing some market research that way. You know, what did you put in the Google box to find me? Yeah. And I think, you know, we're finding that consumers, clients, their main route for finding a spot is to Google the service they want and the location. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it varies by person. So that's important. That's important research to really, to really look up. Um, and social media wise, you know, hashtags are, uh, are beneficial there kind of along the same lines, looking up trends and in, in hashtags and social media. So now I'm going to ask you a question and you can come clean and mm-hmm. share. Do you go now invest in spa treatments? I know you're a, a mom of two small children and a wife and you're running, you know, your, your career, but do you take the time for self-care? I do. And I like admittedly, I don't go as much as I should. Um, I probably go, uh, once every, I try to go once every few months. Um, but I, I definitely take the time at home when I can't get in. Um, and there are just some things that I have to go and get done because I can't do them myself. And I'm well aware of that. <laughs> like eyebrow waxing, um, for I, example. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I trust in the skin professional and I know that there are things that I cannot do. And that's where I have to go see a professional, no matter what kind of time I have or um, what's going on um, in our lives. But so I, I know that skin is so important and you know, I'm, I'm raising two girls and I'm definitely educating them on how important taking care of their skin is. Makeup is a different story. Um, you know, that movie, uh, the fifth element. I do not. So in the fifth element, she did, she picks up this apparatus and puts it up to her eyes and it, she, it's almost like a camera. She clicks it and it like does her eye makeup. I wish I had that with makeup. I, I don't excel at makeup, but skincare is something that I'm, I'm well-versed in. I, I know the importance of, and I'd like to think that I, I practice a good skincare routine at home. Okay. So, I have a question for you with all your knowledge, cause you're really immersed in this industry very deeply. How do you find your beauty biz practitioners? For me, it's about character and comfort 
I don't know the word comfortability, I guess. Well, you want to feel secure um, with the person, but do you do it based on referrals? Do you do it based on Google searches? Like, how are you finding these people? I find based on, um, well, first of all, you know, I do my initial search. Um, and I had to do that when I moved to Pittsburgh, um, a couple of years ago, I do my initial search and see what spas are available in my area. I go and see what skincare lines they carry and what treatments they offer. And of course, you know, we look at a certain price range for, for what we can afford. Um, but then I always read bios. Ah, okay. I like to read bios. I like to see what, what the skin therapists offer, what they've practiced, what their mantra is, what kind of products they like to use and technology they like to use and, and really what their expertise is. And does that match what I like to, to go in yeah, and have? Where you're going to invest your what, beauty dollars. Right. Um, you know, some people like to go in and, and get a lot of advanced treatments. Some people prefer more simple facials. Um, it's all about finding, you know, the practitioner that marries the technology that you want and has the character and the personality that best matches yours. Even if someone is the best skincare expert in the universe, if you're not comfortable with them, you know what I mean? It's just not going to be a good match. Yeah. I really think our ideal client really mostly is a version of us. Like my clients, we have a lot in common and we have the same philosophies and core values. It's weird. Mm -hmm. So you do have to find somebody that you connect with. And I think that is, that translates into recommending products. You know, I know a lot about personal care products, you know, from my former position and, and now but I trust my esthetician when she recommends a product because I, I know that she knows my skin and can recommend ingredients that I may not have thought about that would benefit my skin. You know, you got to trust. I think as a beauty biz practitioner, I'll never forget, I had uh, an ER doctor come in and she started asking me about retin-A's and I thought, is she just trying to see how smart I am? I got intimidated and then I realized, no. She really wanted to know this information. So it, that was a valuable lesson for me. You know, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. who your client is. They really often seek the type, because there's so much noise out there as far as products and what to invest in. So don't be afraid to let your clients know what they need for their skin, no matter who they are. Absolutely. And this goes back to own your expertise. Yep. No really believe in your products, do your research on your products. If you carry a line, believe in it, know what ingredients are and look all of them up, find out what they do, go to reputable sources and, and be able to translate that into why your client should or should not use certain things. You know, all products in a line aren't good for everybody. There's, there's certain things that we should be using and certain things that we shouldn't. Exactly. And, so, even the even the smartest, most knowledgeable client might not have thought of something, you know? Yep. Yeah, just share um, share what you believe will help them. And they may be using a, a skin lightener that may be causing a bad reaction. And they might think, okay, well, I shouldn't be using this anymore. You know, they might not think 
it's interacting with something in their diet or maybe there is an anti-inflammatory they can incorporate. Maybe they should be using it less often. This is where, you know, the skin therapist comes in and helps them out. Yep. Set up your outline, your, your skincare success outline. Absolutely. So I know that I've been posting on my Facebook page recently about my new column that I have in the magazine and I get a lot of people asking, well, how do I get the magazine? So if somebody wants to get the the paper edition, so to speak, of Skin Inc., how can they subscribe to the magazine? So there's a couple different ways of getting Skin Inc. Um, we have three main ways that you can get the magazine content. First of all, go to skinink.com to take you anywhere that you want to go with, with the pub. But you can get our information through our digital edition, through our print edition, and then through our website. And the articles are available in full in all those three mediums. So if you go to, to skinning.com, you can either register to receive skinning content in full through the website. You can get the digital edition, which is the exact replica of the magazine that's sent to your inbox or you can um, put in your information and get the, the print. I still like getting the magazine to my house. I, I, I can and a lot of people are that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I want to hold it and I want to sit outside by the pool on a Sunday afternoon and read my skin ink magazine. So, and I don't blame you. I still get, um, I still get subscriptions to about 13 magazines sent to my home. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I can give up my books. I mostly listen to them on audio, but something about my magazine. And I get really excited when I see Skin Inc. in the, in my mailbox, because it is one of my trade favorite trade magazines that I read from cover to cover. So you're doing a great job. I love it. Tons of knowledge and interesting articles. And, um, I guess, you know what, I'm going to let you get back to your day because I know you have a ton going on and it's www.skinink.com. Absolutely. We also have a, a pretty active Facebook page for, for quick updates on spa industry and, and Skin Inc. news if you want to check us out on social media. Very cool. And Face and Body even has their own website and Facebook page. So let's give them that URL and that information again. So www.faceandbodyallspelledout.com. Awesome. And they do they have and their own? that'll lead you to the three different events. Okay. And they have their own Facebook page as well. Is that correct? correct? Okay. Yeah. And all that information is up there. Very cool, Katie. Well, thank you so and much. We've got, some, uh, we've got some exciting pieces of content uh, coming out in 2016. So, And we're going to start posting your column uh, to the website as well. Oh, good. I'd we're like to, to improve everyone's SEO involved and link back to it. But I do. Yeah. I've been taking a <laughs> screenshot of it, sharing it. So that will be awesome. Thank you. And I, you know, you've, yeah, you've been yeah. out there since last May, out there a lot, traveling around, immersing yourself in the industry. You have some past experience with it. Do you have a, any success tips you want to share with anyone listening in, the spa owner or the, the beauty biz practitioner? Well, like you mentioned, I think industry events are, are a great thing. And I think carving out time for education and networking is really integral to 
anybody's success. You got to get yourself out there. You got to, you know, improve your knowledge, keep your knowledge fresh and learn from your peers. Um, but yeah, my, my other success tips I suppose would be to improve your spa's appearance. Um, you may have the most beautiful spa in the universe, but unless you have nice pictures that capture that, so people can see it, they don't know how beautiful your spa is. So I'd always recommend people having um, someone come in and take really nice photographs, high-res JPEGs, and include that information when you send out a press release or, or something. So improve your spa's online appearance is what you're saying. Like let people see where they're coming into. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as a client myself, when I look up a spa, I'm always looking to see pictures. I'm going to see what that spa looks like. I think so too. Not only that, like you mentioned before, like get pictures of your spa, get pictures of yourself. We provide really intimate services and people do want to know where they're heading to when they invest right. this way. It can only help you have some nice pictures taken of your spa, have some nice headshots, have a good bio. Um, just improve the way your spa is perceived online. Um, no one likes to be surprised. You know, no one likes to come into a spa and it, it, it's, described online and it, it doesn't look like what it's described as. So pictures always, always speak very, very loud. Um, improve your online presence. And, you know, like we mentioned before, pimp your expertise, you know, really talk about your expertise, you know, what you enjoy doing and, and really own it. Well, I, I love those tips and I think you're right. It's put yourself out there often we feel so comfortable and safe in our small, dark treatment room, but we got to let people know that we're open for business in a, a way that positions us as an expert. And I think your, right. your success tips are awesome. And I think, you know, if, if you, if you're doing something new and exciting, get the word out any way you can newsletter, send it to an editor, you know, put it in your blog, put it on social media, get the word out. So I'm going to ask you, and maybe you can or can't answer this. I know you have to be somewhat product type generic, but if somebody's just starting to write, is there any like website or system or app that can help them with any of the process? Anything you could recommend? To help them put together like a press release? Yeah, anything. Press release or even their newsletter. Like, is there, an, is there something that they could go to to help them feel more confident with their writing? I don't know if there's anything that can really help someone um, write a press release or, or help them in their writing. But I do think, you know, to adhere to certain guidelines is beneficial. So, you know, we as journalists, we adhere to AP style guidelines. And so that helps um, in terms of... Um, word composition and spelling and things like that, um, whether you should capitalize something or not. But in, t in terms of writing, I'm not sure that there's a, a, a standard website to go to that, that would help. Can we just Google AP style guidelines and just do some research mm -hmm. there? Okay. That's helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Katie. And I'm trying to think, um, I'm sure there are writer guidelines and I can look that up and see if there's something available, um, to help people write, but it, nothing comes to mind right now. You know what? That's okay. If you think of it, we're going to add it to the blog post that goes with your show. So the media pack with your show. So just let me know if you find something, if not, okay. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. I'd never heard of the AP style guidelines. That's something I'm going to check out myself. So uh, what I am going to do is wrap it up now. And I, I want to say thank you. I'm I feel very honored that you took the time to share your knowledge with us today. I feel honored. <laughs> I know you're Thank super you. busy. I'm bummed I'm not going to see you in Chicago. Hopefully we can shoot for I know. San Jose later in the year so we can uh, catch up and see each other in person and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to miss you in Chicago, but hopefully we'll we'll see you soon. We got a bunch of events coming up, so I'm sure I'll see some. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. And I'll be checking out the Facebook page to stay on top of it all. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Katie, have an awesome day. Thanks again for your time. You too. Thanks, Lori. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show.